judgment-free, where we just talk freely about love. Um, I am your host, Cara Bronze. Malika is also, that's my government name. All right. All right. And we have Livio G. He is the CEO of Freshest FM. How y'all doing? All righty, right. Tonight we have our guest is Pastor Paul. Agard of the Christ Tabernacle Christian Fellowship. Wonderful to be here. Thank you. All right. And we have uh, Minister Tawana Best. Yes. She is the Alignment Empowerment Coach. Yes, I am. At the Christ Tabernacle Christian Fellowship. Yes. All right. Mm -hmm. What is a... uh, Alignment Empowerment Coach, Tawana? Well, actually, it's an Empowerment Alignment Coach. And uh, what that means is is that um, I help people grow towards spiritual maturity as well as develop, discover, and develop their purpose. All right. That's, that's, that's awesome. So tonight we're going to talk about love the Christian way? No, we're going to talk about love, period. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Love, period. That's right. Okay, and we're also going to touch on love through the holidays. You know, we are now approaching Thanksgiving, Christmas, and New Year's, and it can be a little touchy for the single, and even those who are married, and you know, those who are divorced, and all that good stuff. So, we're going to talk a little bit about how to get through the holidays through love. Amen. Amen. All right. So, Pastor Paul, how long have you been a pastor? I've been pastoring uh, about seven or eight years uh, where we're at now with this current membership, the Christ Tabernacle. We really started about ten years ago and then um, seven years with this current congregation. Okay. Mm-hmm. We're out in Queens, New York. Uh, we'd love to have anyone to come by. We'll make sure we give you the address. Um, and myself, uh, I teach at Francis Lewis High School. I'm a social studies teacher. And so both naturally and spiritually, I'm a teacher. <laughs> and I enjoy it. It's the most rewarding thing I've ever done, teaching uh, high school kids as well as helping to empower Christians and people uh, through Christ and all the experiential wisdom that God has given What led you to become a pastor? I'm going to give you the condensed version. I used to belong belong to a church, um, and then after I left that church, I was wondering, I said, uh, what should I do? Should I join another church? Um, What should I do? Take some time off? And I said, God, give me three signs, because I'm thinking about starting my own ministry. And I said, give me three signs. And the three signs, the first one was someone had to call me up out the blue and say, 
Paul, God told me to tell you to pass out. Then the second one is that you can't pastor without a flock, without sheep. So the second one, I had to have a group of individuals who wanted to be pastored. And then the third one, I asked God, I said, well, we're going to need a home for the ministry. So, and I don't want to be like other churches where we have to do concerts and all types of things just to pay the rent. Uh, so I said, Lord... Please give us a ministry where we can have a building or a home where the rent is not a burden on the people. And then say maybe a week later, someone who I haven't spoken to in maybe two years caught me up, Sister Jean. And she said, uh, Paul, God told me to tell you, you're supposed to pastor. That's number amazing. One. That's sign number one. Number one. Right? That's, that's but amazing. you know, you get nervous when you're like, wait a minute. Out of the blue. Yeah, out of the blue. I mean, I knew her. Yeah, no, I'm saying years but, ago. But out of the blue, she says this. Year. Out of the blue. Um, and then she had a prayer group in Hollis, Queens that she was doing. So I needed a second sign. So she said that um, the prayer group, she wanted me to come over and shepherd the prayer group. Uh, so I went over and uh, I started doing little classes and speaking in the prayer group. And we met in the living room, maybe no bigger than this. And over time, I became their pastor. <laughs> and um, we incorporated. We uh, had maybe about 15 regular members but at times that living room about this size could be maybe about 30 people in that living room. Okay. So as we were grow growing, we needed a building. Looking for sign number three. And one individual had um, kept come to the prayer group. He had he was no longer a Christian. He had given up Christianity. And he used to be a minister in his church. So a friend of mine who knew him sent him to me and our church in the living room so I could help him with the things that he was dealing with with his Christianity. And I did, and he ended up giving his life back to Christ. So he went back to his church, picked up where he left off as a minister, and he started preaching again. And he was so thankful that he invited uh, myself and the other gentleman, Roderick Ruffin, who also helped bring him back to Christ, to his uh, speaking engagement. So when we went there, he preached a wonderful service. We went up into um, the upstairs with all the other pastors, and uh, we were having a, a, a breakfast. And the host pastor, they're going around introducing one another. I'm Pastor so-and-so, I'm Pastor so-and-so. When it got to me, I said, well, I'm Pastor Paul from Christ Tabernacle Christian Fellowship. And they said, where's your church? And I said, well, we're worshiping out of the living room right now. And um, I'm look, we're looking for a building. This is sign number three I'm looking for. So the host pastor tells me, he says, I have a friend in Queens that um, he has a church. Go over and see him. So I said to him, I said, well, I don't have any money to buy anybody's church. <laughs> and he said to me, he said, I didn't tell you to go over there and buy his church. I said, go over there and let him learn your spirit. So I said to him, I said, what does this man know about my spirit? I just met him. 
But I was obedient. I went over to the um, uh, where they were worshiping at that time. It was a very small place. And the minute I walked in, um, the pastor showed me the blueprints for this church he was building in Hollis, Queens. And he said he just wants the church to be completed. And he would sit down and he would just be past the emeritus. He's just looking for people to fill the church. And um, the other members uh, told me, Mother Pass is her name. She passed away. Um, she said she was praying all night because her nephew was supposed to come up from uh, down south to help the pastor finish the church. But he called at the last minute and said he couldn't make it. And she was heartbroken. She said, God, I'm praying all night that somebody walks in tomorrow and said they were sent to help. And they were like, you are the answer to our prayer. We have a building that needs finished and we need members. And that was sign number three. And it's sign number 3B, but that's another story. <laughs> that's an amazing story. <laughs> yes, it really is an amazing story. So we're just on this journey uh, with God and um, seeing how it's going to unfold. Okay. So you've been obedient. I've been obedient. Okay. That's all you can. If you were looking for three signs, you got them. I mean, it's like Gideon with that. Exactly. Exactly. So it's very difficult to stop the journey now. But that part that you don't know, that's where you just got to trust God. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Whoa. All right. That's so cool. Okay. So, but you have um, found an interest in love and marriage and. So you've, I've been to your workshop on marriage, singles, and I found it to be quite interesting. Thank you, thank you. Uh, we have many workshops. We have workshops for men. We try to, in our ministry, we try to cover the entire person, uh, ma male, female, youth, and their interactions. So we have men workshops. We have women workshops, we have workshops for youth. Youth workshops can take the, the child um, from when they're born to middle school, how to train them up, and then from middle school to high school to career to, uh, to retirement, mm -hmm. college, career, retirement. Workshops for the whole thing. And then we have work men workshops, uh, rites of passage, which we have one coming up in May. We're going to invite you to that. Okay. We have one for the women. We're developing the complement to men's rites of passage, which we'll invite you to that. <laughs> <laughs> and then now, once you establish the man and you establish the woman, when they come together, that's another relationship. Okay. So we have relationship workshops. We really don't call them marriage workshops, per se, um, because we want to uh, empower and align Everyone, even before they get married. I, I teach these same things that you learned at the workshop. Mm -hmm. I teach them to my son and my daughter, and then I'm married. Because <laughs> you don't want to get married and then learn. Okay. Mm -hmm. You want to know that before. Right. So uh, we have these relationship workshops, and we center them around true love. Mm -hmm. True love. And one in the workshops, not the one that you went to, uh, the one workshop, maybe two workshops before that, we have what's called love versus lust. Okay. And many people, they think they're in a love relationship, 
But they're really in a lust relationship. So define but, love and lust. Break that down. All right. Okay. <laughs> so. I'm gonna, we use before, before you go into oh, sorry, love. Go ahead. Before you go into love, yeah, you got it, it, it's the acronym. The way you described it, for some reason, when you said lust, I thought it was going to deal with some, something with physicality. You know, right. saying, oh, I see this 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 beautiful person or somebody I find really attractive, mm-hmm. and I have this endearing passion. Mm-hmm. You know, to get with that person based mm-hmm. on you know their look, how they look, you know, or, or, or things that I could do with them Correct. sexually. Correct. That's what I thought lust was going to be. Correct. Correct. The thing is, with lust, the L, mm-hmm. I said it could stand. The L alone could stand for lust, or it, the main one is really loneliness. Mm-hmm. And the other part in the, in the L where it's lust is many people do get married or get into a relationship simply for sex. <laughs> like um, I'm kind of like about to explode here, so <laughs> I just want to. Especially Christians. Yeah, that's, that's very good. Very good. Because you teach the aspect of being celibate, celibacy, and right. waiting. Mm-hmm. It's a different story if you are you don't have that condition there or that boundary. So if if you if you've been waiting for a long time, you kind of you're like you know hungry. Yeah. Okay. Thirsty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thirsty. Yeah. So then you know you say you know well yeah. just to get that out the way, let me just marry this person. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's now so, it's legal. Like right, I can just, right. We can, can consummate it and, and yeah. become yeah, and I can fulfill that aspect of me. Mm-hmm. See the word lust, right? Simply means a strong. Passionate desire. Now you can have a strong passionate desire for anything. For anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But in that part we're talking about right now, it is um it could be sex and people get together uh, for the sake of sex. But a marriage is supposed to be a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That sex on one end of the spectrum could be half a Maybe I don't know. <laughs> right? And on the other end of the spectrum, it'd be 30 seconds. <laughs> so, you just. I mean, hold up now. You just. You understand? You have just uh, built a marriage based on, on 30 seconds, seconds to 30 minutes, yeah. <laughs> depending on what side of the spectrum you're on. Exactly. But there's a whole lot more minutes and hours in a day. So what do we do after that passionate desire mm-hmm. is addressed? Okay. <laughs> Didn't mean to interrupt you. I, you no, no, you can ask any question. Break it down. Yeah. <laughs> you can ask any question. And um, one reason, before I tell you about love, one reason we do it like this is so this is the empowerment part that we were talking about. Um. One side, see, I can just, we can just talk, and I can tell you some deep wisdom. And then after you, we leave, you'll be like, that was good, but uh, I need to bring Brother Paul back <laughs> if I want to explain it to my daughter, to my son. Mm-hmm. So you're not really empowered. I'm empowered. You're not really empowered out of our exchange, out of our dialogue. But if I give it to you in such a way where you have it now, and you can take it, you can lust. You now, you didn't write anything down. You can remember that acronym. Mm-hmm. You can have a conversation with your daughter, your son, your friend. When somebody is telling you about their relationship, you can assess them. They won't even know it. 
<laughs> like, yeah, you can start asking them questions to see where they fall in in that lust mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. spectrum. Oh I, oh, I get it. I get it. Mm-hmm. I, I, I got it with the acronym when she broke it down. Yeah. Like I said, I, I was kind of thinking it was going to be something different. Yeah. But I, I actually do like the acronym. Now yeah. you're empowered. I get it. You're empowered. Mm-hmm. You don't need me. That's the empowerment, right? Mm -hmm. Right? You're empowered. Now, um, that's where you're misaligned. To align you, we got to give you what's right. And what's right is love. And so the love stands for, the L in love stands for loyalty. The uh, O in love stands for outline. The V in love stands for vet. And the E in love stands for enjoyment. So the L, when you meet somebody, in order to have where you commit to give your life to this individual in a significant relationship or marriage, you got to make sure that that person is going to commit to you. And that me committing to you and you committing to me, that's called loyalty. So at some time, you have to make sure that that individual is going to be loyal to you for the duration of the relationship. It's not love if there's no loyalty. You have relationships, we counsel people all the time. They had a wonderful relationship based on some situation. They're doing good. And then uh, maybe the guy, he sneaks and creeps and comes back and he's like, baby, forgive me, forgive me. And she's like, why should I forgive you? You broke my heart. And he says, but I love you. And then she says, if you love me, you would have remained loyal. So loyalty is a component of true love. Mm-hmm. The other one, the O is an outline. The outline is, if I love you, I'm going to have some agenda, some outline for you and for us. If we look at God, the Bible says God is love. Now, and one, he's loyal. He's so loyal that when we left God, he sent his son to die for us. (laughs) He never gave up on us. The O, which is having an outline, before he created man, he created the garden, he created everything in uh, in the earth so man could come into the earth and enjoy the earth. He had a plan for man. So there should be some outline in your relationship. What we what are we going to do? What are we going to stand for? Some outline. And many couples try to make that up when situations occur. And they're like, "Oh, no, this is what we got to do." Oh, no, no, this is what we got. No, you should have that outline ahead of time. I should know where you're going. What is your career? What are your plans? You should know mine. And from there, we come You're saying uh, it should be kind of like goal-orientated. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. And it's a discussion, basically, you know, while y'all still courting, 
Then you've been empowered. That's the V. The V is vetting. Okay. Right. So as you're courting, as you said, this is what you're looking for. So you're just not having these wonderful situational dates. We're gonna go next. Let's plan Vegas. We're gonna go next. As your your dating has purpose, you're dating and you're looking to see where the individual stands and how y'all fit together. Pretty much how y'all mesh. Very good. Mm -hmm. Sister Tawana has uh, in her book she outlines some of this. Um, Make me my your your dwelling place where she discusses how she met. Her husband, and you want to explain it when they were, sure, they were okay. two different. We were in a situation. So <laughs> you, you can address yourself. Yeah. We, 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 he suited us. Yeah, <laughs> we were in a situation, and but um, the main thing that I want to point out before I tell you the whole story is that um, we were young. How young? We were. I was twenty-two. Like he was, though he was like twenty-two, and I was twenty-two. He was twenty-one, and we really got married a year and a half from the day that we met. Mm. Okay. So we didn't even date long. Okay. So really, there was a few components that were missing. We didn't really know each other. Mm-hmm. We were young. We hadn't lived any life. We didn't know where we were going exactly. I had some dreams of mine. You know, he had some dreams of his, but we really weren't. We hadn't accomplished them yet. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's the downside to getting hooked up with someone and not knowing where you're going to be in life and being established. Because then you have holes, you have voids and things, and then you're looking for this person to fill them. Mm-hmm. And you're really not capable of filling anybody's voids or making them happy. So we got married young and because we were in a situation. A few years prior to that, I had lost my mom. I was lonely. I, didn't ha- I feel like I had any backing. He was a good friend, a good person to talk to. Understanding. You know, understanding. You know, so now I feel like I can marry this person and have my back. And check this out, too. We were both Christian. Okay. <laughs> so that was like the icing on the cake. Okay. So y'all yeah. both thirsty. We felt like we were thirsty. And we felt like that was a good foundation. I went into the marriage thinking we had Christ as our foundation, and that was yeah. enough. You know, we're both Christian. We both have the same moral values, mm-hmm. you know. We're both going to stick with this relationship because God said so. Yeah. You know, but it doesn't always work like that, I found out. <laughs> you know, but, you know, but it's, it's because we were young. We were inexperienced. We weren't established in life. And we both had voids. And in the book, I talk about when you um, experience a loss, when you're recovering from a loss, it's not good to jump right back into a relationship. Mm -hmm. It's not good to try and look for that love like that because you're in a situation and you're trying to make that person make you happy Mm -hmm. or fill the voice and you haven't uh, worked those situations out yet. You know, so Mm -hmm. that's the danger. And that's what a lot of people find themselves in and they get married, like you said, and they hook up real quick and then the the marriage is a total disaster. Because neither one of them are on the right path. Well, you, you, you said can't something beat yourself up though. Because no, I'm not beating myself up. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you said something that I've, I, I find interesting, but I know to be true. Mm-hmm. I, I, I find that you know most uh, relationships that got started very young when, when both individuals were young, mm-hmm. they might have been good for one another, right. but I, sometimes I think they. The timing was wrong. They, yes, they met exactly. too young. Correct. I think if they had a chance, to, you know, meet later in life after they've accomplished certain things yes. and got a chance to know themselves a little bit better, yes. those relationships might last longer. Because you mm-hmm. find people who later on in life who are great friends. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've remained friends after yes. you know a, a breakup or, or they went separate ways. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. after a Correct. marriage, and it's because. 
they were too young. Yeah. You know what I mean? They hadn't Correct. fulfilled themselves yet. Mm. You know, and uh, those pressures and things getting away and you yes. know not knowing yourself yet yes. is a great avenue for you. Yeah. You know, to both walk away from something that. And then they might, you know, some cases they might have children. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Or might have had a child or something like that. Mm -hmm. But they met too early. Yes. Mm -hmm. You know. Mm -hmm. Correct. And, you, know, and you said something that's very good. Um, sometimes they don't even know themselves. Exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. I mean, you can look back. We can each look back at ourselves. I know I was a different person at 21. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. yeah. No, had not even come into my. <laughs> who you are today yeah exactly exactly your frame of mind the way you think none of that stuff exactly you know mm -hmm. yes and the E the E in love stands for enjoy you have to enjoy one another mm. you have to enjoy being with that person who you vetted see once you meet the person you've heard this a hundred times you really meet that person's avatar yeah, yeah. Right? That's mm -hmm. right, they're representative. Yeah, they're representative, right? <laughs> they're clean cut, they're, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, you gotta vet that person, take off their shoes, see what their feet look like. <laughs> because that's what you marry. You're not marrying these nice shoes. Mm -hmm. So, and you have to be, you have to enjoy being with that person. Not this person. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I think it's it's very important that you know you you actually you said a year and a half. Def I'll give you an example about not knowing about how we thought we enjoyed each other's company. We did. We genuinely would talk on the phone for hours. But that's how a relationship is in the beginning. Anyway, you don't ever right. want to be out of each other's presence. You want to be in, you know on the phone. You just drop the person off, and now you go home and you're on the phone. You stay on the phone for two more hours. Yeah, you know you know how that is when love is new. So. When we went on our honeymoon, we went to the Bahamas. I did not know he didn't like to go to the beach. Where are we? There's nothing but sand. Yeah. So I said to him, I said, um, you going to the beach with me? I'm not going out there by myself. You know, right. I'm a newlywed. So I said, Dick, I didn't even think I didn't know. That was one. Right. Then another time, we um went to ride Playland. And I didn't know he didn't like to go on rides. Oh my god. And the conversation says you had. This is what I'm saying. What were we talking about? But anyway, it's the situation. No, we were talking about stuff. Right? We weren't talking about what we need to talk about. This is the betting. There's key questions. There's key things that you should find out about the person. But these these are crucial. Um, this is crucial information because I would have never got on the train and went up there on the Metro North to ride Playland <laughs> if I would have known that I'd have been going on a ride by myself. <laughs> so he didn't like rides. Why are we here? Because I'm saying the thing is, the main point, we didn't have to go here. Right. But you agreed. You said, yes, no problem. Let's go. But never did I imagine that we would go there. He said to me, I don't like to get on rides. I'm like, what? <laughs> How does that work? Oh, who, who planned the honeymoon? We both, we both, both went to travel agent together. And uh -huh. he was saying, I don't like the, he never said I didn't like the beach. He didn't know there was beach there. He didn't know there was beach there. <laughs> he didn't say we like the beach. I don't know, but I thought he, he probably figured he, maybe he didn't think he was going to have to go to the beach. But the hotel was right on the beach. beach. <laughs> Which is where they usually are. Oh, they are. Right, exactly. You know, the water's right there. Out your hotel, outside the hotel. But yes. So key things like that go unnoticed. You don't get that information because what? You're rushing. You're rushing. You're rushing to fill that void. You're rushing to the altar. Mm -hmm. You know, you're rushing. And that's another thing. You can't rush the whole situation, um, love. You can't rush it. 
Yeah. You have to take your time. Mm. You know, why are you in a rush in the first place? Exactly, exactly. Because somewhere in your life you're uncomfortable and you think this person is going to make you feel better. You know, like my reason was I'll have somebody has my back. I had lost my mom. That's a very big void hole right. in my life. And, you know, my mother was the center as, as a mom normally is. She's the center of the home. Yeah. And so I figured, you know, my, my siblings were all scattered now, yeah. you know. So now I figure I have this one person in my life who I get along with, mm-hmm. supposedly, but we don't have the same interests. Wow. How are we going to enjoy each other? So how long did you guys stay married? A uh, total of 18 years on paper, but we separated um, year 13. We've been together 13 years. So yeah, we're together 13 years. Yes. Okay, 13 years. Yes. How was those 13 years? Uh-huh. If, if you had to break it down, I want to hear if she had yeah, to break it down. How was those 13 years? years. Yeah, I read the book. I, no, she didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. You can tell it. You can tell it. You can tell it. It was, um, okay, how can I say? I'm a very strong-willed person, right? As most... Um, I don't want to stereotype us, but most black women are very strong, independent. I grew up with my mother as being the matriarch of the family. My father was very passive. He was there, but he wasn't like, you know, running the show. Yeah. So when I got with my husband, my husband was also very, um, he could be very laid back as well. So, of course, if I say, for instance, in the afternoon I come home, I'm just going to be an example because I'm trying to describe the marriage. Right? <laughs> if I come home and I see the house, I come as soon as I come to the door and I see the house is in a, a mess and I see somebody sitting there, it's like, Arr! What were you doing all day? <laughs> he worked, but it's like, what are you? Don't you see this? You know what I'm saying? But um, it was very up and down because I believe as a woman, I did not know how to speak to him. Okay. Okay, I did not know how to talk to him. Okay. Okay? And um, he, of course, uh, he would get upset and we'd have the arguments and everything, but then it kind of it started pushing him away. And then, of course, he found his uh, comfort or his peace in someone else mm. right because I was not trained to understand to, right I was not trained to speak to my to a husband the right way okay. so I took okay. it as you know how my mother she trained us she talked to us as children which mm. was by which we supposed to do but I never saw the dynamic of a husband and a wife really between my mother and my father okay because they kind so of you, 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 you were missing that that That's, element that element yeah. now that I'm older mm-hmm. I understand where I aired, where, where, where my error was mm-hmm. you know that I wasn't able to speak to him properly and not so much properly. right and um, so, not demand yeah so you're talking at him at him right you know what I'm saying so instead of speaking the proper way and really trusting God because when we get married as women we look to our husbands lots of time to be it what are we going to do with this bill what are we going to do the rent is due um, what do you mean you don't have a job? What do you mean you lost your job? You know, and sometimes when we feel threatened or we feel insecure, we will come off the wrong way. And I believe I did a lot of that um, in my marriage. You know, so you live and you learn. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, sometimes you learn a little too too late. But you know what I'm saying? You still live and you learn and you understand when you made the mistake, you know, and how to be a woman and how to be feminine and not be so rough. You know. Yeah, well, I, I often hear that there is uh, an issue in a lot of black yes. marriages. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of the women come off a certain way and yes. assertive, aggressive. Too much, uh, yeah. you know, and it pushes the man away because, mm-hmm. you know, I think as men, men have to have this, okay, as long as we understand ourselves, we have to have this sense of our purpose or whatever. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, 
most of it comes from 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 our mother. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We're mothered in nature in a certain way. Yeah. And um, so because of that, um, we don't deal as well with. Mm-hmm. You know that when we experience that, yeah, in a person who, we're with. yeah, so mm-hmm. it, it, it's easy, and, and once you find somebody else who's going to show you a little bit of something else, you're like, well, I'm with the wrong person. Mm-hmm. You yes, know, mm-hmm. yes. you will jump ship. Yes. You jump ship. Yes, yeah. it's true. Mm-hmm. You know? It's true. Mm-hmm. And you said something very key. You said you have to know your your purpose. I also believe on my husband's part that he was so young and he hadn't developed fully yet either as a man and he was the baby in the family and mommy had always you know coddled coddled him him and all that so that played out in the marriage as well so he he looked at me probably because I was a strong personality Mm -hmm. which could probably make up for the deficit somewhere in him where he wasn't able to step up and be you know fully the man in the relationship mm-hmm. so you know it's just it's a lot of different components on both our parts you know no one really I would think is to blame fully but because you're inexperienced you don't know and ignorance is not bliss yeah. you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. it's, just, really it's just really and any man you said something else you said um, it's not only just about uh, black men or black women any man would not take well to a woman um, shouting at him because really you're coming off too masculine Mm -hmm. and a man Mm -hmm. even amongst men you guys don't talk to each other like that either like we'll say some women if you're ever with your your husband or with your boyfriend and you see another man do something it's his friend say aren't you going to correct him (laughs) (laughs) you know what I'm saying Mm -hmm. but they're like no 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 you won't even go and approach him because Mm -hmm. you have a code Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying so when a woman comes off and she's she's yelling Mm -hmm. you're like you look perverse to me because mm-hmm. right now you look too masculine. I know I'm the man, mm-hmm. right? And you the woman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like you know, where's your femininity? Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> you see what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So yeah, they they are because that's why men have a problem with that, and then they turn us off. Right. They turn that deaf ear. Now you're like wah wah wah. You know what they say? Yeah. Just wah wah wah. Yes. You just talking. Yeah. And now mm-hmm. I'm just shutting down. You mm-hmm. know. So yeah. Mm-hmm. And one of the um, uh, one of the things that we do, Sister Tawana, is teach men how to communicate to the person they're with, and teach women how to communicate uh, to the person they're with. And you can still get your goal across. You can still be authoritative. You can still be um, even stern if you have to. But it won't be perverse. I know that word sounds strong, perverse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But whenever a man acts out of sorts, it's perverse. The word perverse means you're not going in the way that you should. Right. You're going in the way that you should not. Um, that's against your nature. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same thing with a woman. If she communicates in a way that sh- that's not her nature, it's just perverse. But many times as men and women interact, you're looking, the woman can be looking at the man and be like, something's off with him the way he's coming at me. And you don't pick it up. Same thing with a man. A man can be looking at the woman and something's off with this. Why is she acting this way? And I can't tell her what it is that she's doing. It's really something that you're doing that's against your nature and the other person is picking it up. Mm-hmm. Yes. And now you know both sides. The lust and the love. And then you can... Um, you can align yourself <laughs> and align your relationship. And uh, important, importantly, you can align others. These are things I teach my kids. Neither one of them are getting married anytime soon. As a matter of fact, my daughter was in a relationship. And the, 
It was all of them. It was L U S A T. And um, they're going through the counseling sessions with me. So there was no love. Was there was no, and I'm telling them this. And um, they wanted my daughter. Her dream is to have daddy marry her because I'm a pastor. Okay. Um, and then her friends around her are getting into relationships and getting married, and she wants a child by X age. Yeah. So that's the T. That's the time. So she had met this guy. He's a nice guy. Nice guy. Um, uh, but they just weren't compatible. That's just yeah. a reality. Yeah. You can be nice by yourself, and she can be nice by herself. But, but you saw that they weren't compatible. Correct, and I told them that. So I, they wanted to go through the counseling sessions, and I went through the counseling sessions. Come on and have a seat, man. Chip us up. Yeah, have a good time. I get you later. All right, all right. You know no day. Um, my nephew, I, I do know him. Yeah, yeah that's my partner. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yes. Uh, he need to be in here. Talking about this. I know him and his girl. <laughs> in any case, um, so they were going through the counseling sessions with me, and <clears throat> at the end of each counseling session, <laughs> they would tell me, "So, Dad, we're ready to get married." I'm like, no, you're not married. And I would, they, they would get upset with me because they would say what I would say to them they believed was harsh. I told them, um, <laughs> I'm not marrying you, and I will never marry you. Wow. Wow. Until you prove, not go through the counseling sessions, but prove the counseling sessions. Remember, we're empowerment coaches. I just don't want you to go through the motions like, okay, all right, time's up for session three. All right, we've been through all ten sessions. Let's do this thing. And you're not practicing. I have a question. In those sessions, is there any point that y'all deal with chemistry? Meaning? Chemistry. Uh, it's something uh, physical that happens between two individuals, uh, you know, mm -hmm. that uh, they, they're connected, you know, through... People believe that their chemistry works. I, mm, if you wanted to answer, I, I don't give an answer, but if you Go wanted first. to... A uh, couple of things. This is what I told my um, uh, daughter, too. There's two types of this quote-unquote ke chemistry that I've experienced. One is this thing of... Uh, God put us together. <laughs> it's the Lord. Right? So that's how we're meant to be together. We're these soulmates. Uh, that's one. And then the other one is the uh, uh, unspiritual chemistry. We, 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 we're good together. There's this, we look good together. We vibe together. We vibe together. Mm -hmm. I could... I think something, I he say, he finished the sentence, yeah. we just, you know, we Flow. dress alike, mm -hmm. we're the perfect height, <laughs> he's two inches yeah. and a half taller than me. He matches my swag. But yeah, I walk this way, he lean that way, you know, <laughs> we, um, <laughs> we, have, uh, we have chemistry, and this is the two ways that, uh, that I address it. Um, one is, I tell him, uh, chemistry, there's two spectrums. This is the anti-chemistry side of the spectrum. Uh, chemistry is for science class, okay. not relationships. All right, because that height might be good, right? You're two and a half inches taller than me. 
Wait till he get old and his back start to... <laughs> yeah. Chemistry is something that doesn't last. This is one of the most important things I can tell people. It doesn't last because people change. When you get married, the person who you are, you change. Your likes change. Your dislikes change. Your body changes, and then you adapt. You change over time. And this is some tough stuff. If you are in a relationship and you have chemistry, and you're 25, and you get married, and you're 45, sometimes those two individuals at 45 would never have married themselves, each other. Because you've changed, you've become something different. So what you need is something that's going to keep the two of you together as you change. Right? Mm-hmm. And it's not chemistry. Right. Now on the other side, the pro-chemistry side, um, we don't teach chemistry because chemistry, this is on the other side, we tell them that's something you guys got to bring to the relationship. That is the icing, right? That makes it just beautiful because the stuff that we're teaching you is, um, is organic <laughs> and it's just generic. There's no taste to that. This is just the stuff that's going to that's keep you. This is we teach you the, the vegetables, <laughs> and the, the we teach you the the main course. That's what we give you. Mm-hmm. But we, yeah, but you, you you want dessert? The chemistry. I'm just well. The, the reason for my asking that question is because you're telling me the story about your daughter. You know what I mean? It sounds to me like uh, you know. Physically, there's there's some chemistry going on with, with this with this uh, boyfriend, uh, uh, you know. Correct. And that's the reason that they they think that they, they you know they can, they can, can yeah they work they can correct. go a long haul. Correct. You know. You're absolutely correct. They have chemistry. Yeah. And and situation the way they met, he was very romantic. She had just gotten out of a uh, relationship. A relationship. And he just put the talk on her, boy. Mm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So they remember that, that moment when they met. He said something slick. I can't remember. <laughs> right. He said something slick to her. And, um, um, and you know, she got interested in him. And they're trying to build on that. And they did have chemistry. They did have chemistry. But they didn't have the, they had the icing and dessert, but they didn't have the main cause. Okay. <laughs> And where they are now, have they? They um, still together? No, they separated. They separated. Yeah, they separated. Did Not you because of me. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to ask you if you had anything to do with that. Did you have anything to do with that? Well, I can tell you this because you know, and it's no secret. Everybody in the church knows he still comes to the church. You know, um, and I still help him. He's in a relationship with another woman, and I still uh, try to help him. But. Um, one of the elements in lust, or forget the lust. You look at you look at um, love. You know what the four are. Uh, one of those fell through. Which one? Well, that's the part I can't tell you. Between. It's a common one, though. <laughs> it's a common one. One of the, the L, I'm interested. the O, the V, or the E. Something wasn't there, and it wasn't the enjoyment. 
Oh, you said it wasn't the enjoyment. No, the enjoyment was, um... How do you do process elimination? Find out what you want. Okay. I have to go down the line. Yeah. Okay. We'll bring you back next week. <laughs> which one? <laughs> which one was it? Which letter was it? Which letter was it? <laughs> okay, in your book, um, what was your reason for, uh, you know, writing this book? Uh, what did you... Home? Okay. <laughs> no, seriously. No, because I think how it came about was that I had told you this dream I had. That's right. And um, what happened was, after being separated, because we separated after 13 years, um, I, by this time I have three children. And um, after about maybe three or four years of just going through different changes, because I lost about 40% of my household income when he left, I was like, I'm doing something wrong. You know, I'm a Christian, I believe in God. Why in the world am I suffering financially like this? You know, I just wanted to find out. Not realizing, hey, hello. But when you're going through an emotional uh, upheaval like that, you're not thinking logically. You're not thinking clearly. Mm -hmm. You know, in my case, for me. So I wasn't, you know, putting and saying, well, well, Dad, you just lost 40%. You got to figure out how to way to increase that, right? Mm -hmm. So I said, let me turn my plate down. And I went on a fast for a day. And that night, I had a dream. And in the dream, it was funny, Pastor Paul was in the dream. He brought this woman to me. And in the dream, I start singing a song to her. And the song was, make me your dwelling place. Make me your dwelling place. Make me your dwelling place to dwell. And when I woke up from the dream, I knew the dream was supposed to be um, interpreted in Spanish as well, sung in Spanish as well. So I quickly uh, recorded the uh, song and everything. And then I stopped, I paused. I said, why do you give me this dream? Why do I have this dream? And why do I have this song? And I remembered that I had fasted. And I was asking the Lord, why am I going through this? And he was like, make me your dwelling place. And this is how the book was born and birthed. Because I was in church for the majority of my life. Ever since I was 11 years old, I became a born-again Christian. And you go to church, you go to weeknight services, you're on every committee, you're in Sunday school, teacher, you're in the women's department, you're part of the youth, you're a youth leader, everything, you're a choir rehearsal. I, the only department I wasn't a part of was the men's department, that's because of my <laughs> Okay? But I was very faithful to church, hosting all night prayers, all that. But yet still I had a lot of anxiety. I didn't have peace. And we are supposed to have the Prince of Peace. Jesus, right. right? And I had none of that going through this situation. God was saying to me, he gave me the scripture from uh, John chapter 15, verse 5. I'm going to paraphrase. It says, if you abide in me as I abide in you, you shall act what you will, you shall bring forth much fruit. I was not abiding in God. Emotionally, I was up and down, all around, all over the place. I was like the wave in the sea. Okay, just going up and down. One minute I believe, next minute I don't. Lord, you going to make a way? How you going to do it? You know, all of that. And God was saying, you have to still yourself. Mm. You have to still yourself. You have to still yourself emotionally. Yes, I could tell you how to go and make money or get more of this and that, but I have to address the whole person. Because when he told me that, I said, hello, I asked you about money. <laughs> how are you going to make some more money? Hello, you know, where are they coming in? But it took me a few years after the dreams to fully understand the phrase because sometimes God, lots of times God can say one word to you and it'll take you the rest of your life to unfold and get the revelation from it. Because he's just so deep. His ways are past finding out. Yeah. So when he said that to me, it took me a minute to understand fully what he meant. For me to even finish writing the book. 
I mean, I could tell the beginning story. I could tell how he gave me the dream before my husband left and everything, prepared me. You know, I'm just looking. And then, boom, it happened. I could tell you a number of things. But that part about make, make me your dwelling place, please. And then when Pastor Paul, when I said it to Pastor Paul, he said, that's a book, sis. <laughs> I always tell him, you know, people will tell you, you know, you're going to write books, you're going to do this, you're going to oh, do that. Yeah. But I tell, um, tell Pastor Paul, he's the catalyst. <laughs> In that equation, that chemical equation, he's the catalyst that brings it about. Mm-hmm. You know, so he always tells you. Everybody in the congregation tell you. He doesn't spoke a word to you. Go ahead, sis. You can do it, sis. Come in, sis. Do that. And he had already written a book himself. You know, which has been turned into a movie and all of that. So it's just, you know, when he said to me, "It's a book," I never thought it would be a book. You know, but I understand the purpose in it now. And even after I finished writing it, um, when I started reading it, proofing it, um, I had to put the book down because I said, "I see God." I see where God was trying to bring me and take me. It wasn't that I needed to know how to get money. It was so I could know how to be closer to him. That's the whole point. Because at the end of the day, who else do we have besides him? Mm. Who else on this earth do I have besides you, Lord? I can get into a relationship, but the relationship is until death do us part. Once somebody wants to leave, (laughs) okay? And then you're going to be left with who? You, again. You only have you. Mm-hmm. So he has to deal with you. And that goes back to filling up those voids. That goes back to filling up any areas that you feel like you're needy in. And I like to say that you have to become self-contained. You have to be filled up. Mm-hmm. And that will um, really help to help you avoid to getting in those wrong relationships. First of all, when you draw closer to God, now you can hear him. Mm-hmm. And he can tell you from the jump if that person is right for you or not. Mm-hmm. See, we don't understand that aspect. Because we all can hear him. Mm-hmm. If we quiet ourselves, we can hear him. And he can speak to you and say, no, nope, that's not it. But then you'll get in a relationship anyway. And keep on going and banging your head up against the wall. And every time y'all come up against a wall, a brick wall, you still try to get back up and follow. Because what? You had a good memory. This is work. Mm-hmm. It made me feel good. But you do have a chemical reaction. You have chemistry. Healthy endorphins are released. Mm-hmm. Even when a person hugs you. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you're supposed to be together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. A chemical reaction. When you exercise, you get the same uh, response. You get the same thing happens in your brain. That's why you feel good after the exercise. <laughs> so we have to teach, as Pastor Paul was saying, we have to teach our young people this. We have to teach full-grown adults that's what's going on. You just feel good. Your body is responding. But you're not thinking clearly and logically mm-hmm. to say, let me vet this person and see all the red flags. Are we really compatible? Are they aligned with my destiny? Because, see, God can see further than you. Mm-hmm. He knows what you're going to grow into. He knows what he, where he's taking you to. So this person might be good for right now, but they might mess you up down the road. Mm-hmm. 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 How many people have gotten into situations and they were going good for a few years and then you grew into the person, you were starting to become the person that God ordained you to be and now that person is not going with you. Mm-hmm. Or now that person becomes a hindrance. God knows. That's why you can look at people, the husband might be short, the, husband, the wife might be tall, but they go together. They go together. That's right. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So it's not all in the looks. It's not all in the feelings. It's all about who God is joining together. Mm. You know? Mm. It's all about who God is joining together. So I believe even with making God your dwelling place, that is a key component to you finding true love. That is a key component. Because when you can hear God... He can help you avoid a whole lot of stuff. You got to be able to hear him. So what do you have to say about love for the holidays as we wrap this up? For the holidays, um, and we'll come back and touch on this one. 
Um, <laughs> for the holidays, we don't have to, but trust me, I know you're going to say we got to do this one. <laughs> you see, there really isn't um, love for the holidays. <laughs> what there really is is loneliness for the holidays. Because whoever's in love for the holidays, they don't have a problem. <laughs> it's the individuals who, um, quote unquote, don't have love. But that's really not the issue. The issue is that they're lonely. Back to the L. Yeah. And now that, we'll focus on that one just briefly. Um, during the holidays, they say that that's when a lot of people's suicide goes up, um, depression is highlighted. All of these negative things happen around great days, <laughs> very positive <coughs> days. And uh, what we teach is this. It's different. I actually, I didn't invent what I'm a, the phrase I'm about to use. Okay. The counseling part we develop, but not the phrase. And I make, became made known of the phrase because Sister Tawana brought it to me one time in one of our conversations. Um, there's a difference between loneliness and being alone. Right? Mm -hmm. Loneliness is, pardon me, alone is the state of being by yourself and others not with you. Loneliness is the feeling in your mind of being by yourself and others are not with you. So alone is a physical thing. Okay. Mm -hmm. Loneliness is a mental thing. And that's how we address it. During the during the um, during the uh, holidays, you have to ask yourself: Are you really lonely? And if so, you have to address that. It's very unique because you can take somebody. You say, "Okay, I know how to help this person." The holidays are coming up. We're gonna take this person. We're gonna hang out with them so that they're not and alone. They still, and they still could be alone because yeah. it's here. Yeah. Right. And you can take them to the biggest party, still, yeah. and they'll move away, find and still themselves, find themselves by themselves. Right. Um, we we come to the juncture of the end of this this episode, so mm. uh, I guess we'd love to have y'all back. We, and, yeah. Yeah. We'd love to have you come back again. Um, thank you for being here, Pastor Paul. No problem. And uh, alignment coach, empowerment coach, Tawana. Um, we will definitely have you guys come back again, and we can talk about love and lust. <laughs> Before we leave, we got like another 15 seconds. Is there uh, any way anybody can... Uh, Get in, in touch with you guys uh, if they, you know. I'll give the um, address, the web address, and uh, contact information for the church, myself, and then Sister Tawana can do the same. Um, we do all our workshops. If anyone, individuals or church, wants to access any of our workshops, you can go to Christ Tab Workshops.com. Christ Tab T A B workshops with an s dot com you can also contact us by uh, the email is j c i l m i n the number one at aol dot com 
You can go to the website to see all our workshops. You can also contact me at JCILMIN1. That's our, my personal email for any questions or anything that you uh, would need. Sister Tawana? Um, I can be reached back through my website, tlbestconsulting.com. Um, if you'd like for me to work with you, all you can do is click on the tab, work with me, and schedule an appointment. And we thank you guys for having yes, us. It was very, you, very you, enriching. Yes, God bless you. <laughs> Thanks, y'all, for Thanks all, for all the information. Mm -hmm. Amen. Amen.